Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Thank you, everyone, for the song. Not, not too many times that you get, you worship the Lord and then they sing to you. So that's kind of different and uh, whatever. But yeah, I, you know, someone said, oh, yeah, you're, you know, you're 50. And I was like, are you talking to me? Because I, you know, remember that. And uh, so I'll take the promise that someone gave me that it's my jubilee year. So I'll do that promise today. Amen. But it's good to see everybody. We have some uh, guests from out of town. It's so good to see them and they're with us today and uh, just awesome to have everybody with us. So many people are away. They're kind of enjoying family time. And uh, so if you're joining us online and you're there, we want to say hi and uh, just reach out to you guys. But thanks so much. You know, um, I was just thinking about when we get saved and, you know, when we uh, come to the Lord, you know, you realize a couple things, you know, you realize uh, really, first of all, how much God loves you. How many have just experienced that and you just drew you in the, the compassion that he had for you and how many uh, believe that God's passionate for you? A couple of people, that's amazing. I just hope you get that revelation in your life that Man, that you'd realize that when you get saved, you know, that God is so passionate for you that you are known, you're loved, and you're pursued by God. And that is an amazing thing, isn't it? Come on, isn't it? Amen. That you're loved by God and He's so passionate for you and He's so really just passionate after a relationship with you that He wants to spend eternity with you. Some of you can't even handle a few years of marriage here on earth. Amen with that person. But God wants to spend eternity with us. That's amazing. And then the second thing I think we learn that we find out is that uh, really is that it's not about me, it's about Him. Come on, how many of the revelation that it's about Him? It's His goodness, it's His holiness, it's His righteousness, it's His love, it's His grace and His mercy, amen. So this morning and today, we just say, amen, lift our hand to heaven and say, Lord, I thank you for your love, thank you for your mercy, thank you for your goodness, Lord, and I thank you, that, Lord, it's about you today, amen, that you love me so much, amen. We're so thankful for that uh, today, amen. Well, you know, you don't get a chance to, I guess... Uh, preach on your birthday. Not too many people can say that, that you can preach on your birthday. And so I had to go with the flamingo shirt and uh, do that. I, I normally wouldn't do that, but uh, I did that anyways. And if I had a fish tie, I'd probably wear that. And uh, I think I did one time. I'm not sure. Anyways, but I'm so blessed and so thankful for um, God's given me amazing things in life, an awesome wife, you know, four awesome kids. And, you know, they're men now. And, um, just so thankful for that, all the blessings of the Lord. How many can just thank God for the blessings of the Lord in your life? Amen. And so pray for 50 more for me, and, uh, and uh, I'm hopeful for that. But, you know, I got to think, it's like, man, I'm so like, you know, I guess, you know, you feel, you know, your body feels younger, or your mind says you're younger than your body is actually. So uh, I went for a bike ride the other day, and then today I kind of got off the couch, and, you know, in this morning I was studying and got, got up, and I was, I was like, man, I can feel that. And so... Um, that's not good, and uh, it's, it's not, not a good thing. But anyways, amen. But so thankful for health, amen. Isn't, isn't God good? He just gives us health and life. And, you know, the more you pursue God and the more you pursue His Word, there's just something about He gives you this life and this energy about life and about serving God. And so I uh, just wanted to say thankful for that. You know, one of the things I wanted to do today, and I, I felt like, what do you, you know, do you preach on 50 points of being handsome or 50 points of being awesome? Or what do you do, you know, what do you, you, know, pre, you know, preach about birthday? But I felt like I really wanted to just kind of encourage you today in the faith and uh, talk to you about really how we need to stand up in this hour. And I believe that it's not time for Christians to hide. 
not time for us to be hidden and to be silent. It's time for us to stand up. How many can say it's time for God's people to stand up? Amen. Amen. And so, like our sister, hopefully by the end of this, you'll be standing up. Amen. But in Luke chapter 22, I want to bring some uh, awesome things out about Peter's life. And um, I want to just encourage you. I preached this message in youth group, and God showed me this years ago. And I just felt like, you know, wanted to encourage you today on how Peter and his life and how Peter stood up. Amen. In Luke chapter 22, we're going to start in verse 54. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you'll, this whole account goes to verse 62. And it's, a, it's an awesome thing, and, and it's a great thing. And then I'll want to read another scripture. We'll pray, and then we'll get into the Word today. How many are ready for the Word of God? Amen. How many love the Word? I love the Word. Just absolutely love the Word. Today in our Growth Track class, one of the things we emphasize is that we love the Word of God. We, we love truth. Come on, somebody. I love the Bible. I love the Word of God. And it's so amazing today. So in verse 54 of Luke chapter 22... This is the account of Jesus being in the garden and when they came to arrest Jesus and that last night um, when when Jesus was before he was crucified. And so the Bible says in verse 54, and then they took Jesus away and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. Wasn't into the courtyard or whatever was his house. And Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, we know this was the day of Pentecost, promised by Jesus that the Holy Spirit would come and empower uh, the saints of God, the people of God, to be His witnesses. And so in Acts chapter 2, in verse 14, and the Holy Spirit began to fall and people began to ask questions. And in verse 14, the Bible says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto men, You men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem, Be it known unto you and listen to what I'm about to say. Amen. How many are thankful that Peter stood up? Amen. How many believe that it's time for us to stand up for God? Stand up with the gospel. Stand up for righteousness. Stand up for justice and mercy and truth. Amen. In our day. Amen. God, we thank you so much. Lord, you brought us into your house today, what we call your house. Lord, but we thank you that we are your dwelling place. We are your tabernacle, Lord. So, Lord, as the day of Pentecost, as we talked about, Lord, the Bible says they were all gathered one place. And, and Lord, first of all, you filled the house where they were sitting. Lord, I ask that you would fill this place with your presence like never before. Like, look, just fill this place with your joy and your gladness, Lord, your kindness, Lord. We just pray that you would fill, number two, our hearts, Lord. As you sat upon the, 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 the saints of old, Lord, in the day of Pentecost, Lord, I thank you that you're filling us afresh today. Amen. Filling us today with purpose and filling us with boldness. And, and Lord, the boldness to stand up in our day, in our generation, and declare that Jesus is Lord. We just thank you for it. And we bless all the visitors. Bless all those that are listening to your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. As we find that Jesus was in the garden, the Bible says that uh, it, he knew it was going to be his last night. He warned them. He had the, they had the last supper. And then they went into the garden. The Bible says that they loved to go there a lot. The Bible says they, they hung out there a lot. In fact, that's how the soldiers knew how to find them. Uh, first of all, Judas tipped them off. But also, that was a very famous hangout for Jesus. And he would go in this uh, garden and pray. And he would go there and he would... Uh, hang out. And so the Bible says that he was, 
getting arrested. And they were arresting him that night. And all the disciples were there. And, and so as they were, Jesus was approached by the soldiers and, and, they were being, and Jesus was being arrested. The Bible even says that there was, they all ran and they took off and they hid. And the one, one translation says, one, one account says that uh, one guy lost his clothes and he, he, he ran around the garden naked and he ran home naked. I mean, it was pretty serious. It was a, it was a pretty traumatic experience. And, and uh, the Bible says that Peter followed afar off. And so... As Jesus went into uh, Caiaphas' house there and, and to be tried, the illegal trials took place and the crucifixion was on its way. But you know, one of the things about Peter that I love about Peter is Peter, of all the people in the Bible, probably had the most powerful, clear, concise, direct confession that Jesus was Lord. There were three times in the Bible you'll find that Peter confessed Jesus being Lord. Uh, in Matthew chapter 16, Peter said, the Bible says that Peter answered Jesus and he said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then you'll find in John 6, the Bible says that Simon Peter had answered, he said, Lord, where are we going to go? You alone have the words of eternal life and we believe and are sure and are convinced that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. In Matthew 26, Peter said this, the Last Supper, he said, uh, though all men be offended at you because of you, I will never be offended. Verse 35, Peter said, Though I should die with you, yet I will not deny you. Wow. I mean, what a confession of faith. How many have made a bold confession of faith before the Lord? Come on, let me see your hand. You said, I believe that Jesus is the Lord. I believe that He is the Christ. I believe the Son of God. How many make that confession? How many made that profession of faith? Said, I receive this Jesus. I receive His my Savior. And I confess that Jesus is Lord. But you know, Peter had no idea that God was going to test him. How many know that uh, we can say that God remembers our confessions? God remembers when we say, Lord, I'll not deny you. I'll, I'll follow you all the days of my life. How many know he's going to remember that? Peter never thought he was going to be tested on that. But you know, just a few days later, we find this happening in Peter's life. In the heat of the moment, something happened in the heat of that moment. Peter had another opportunity to confess Jesus as Lord. But as you'll read in verse, verses 56 through uh, 62, you'll find that something else happened. Peter denied Jesus. It was Peter's mistake. Well, I want to just say this, that before he denied Jesus, we can trace some things in Peter's life that found out that led up to the denial of Jesus Christ. How does a guy go from saying among all the twelve and in front of other people that I know and I'm sure and confident that you are Lord, that you are the Messiah? How does he go from that to I don't even know who he is? How do you go from that? Well, we can see that there's a few things that happen. And look in your Bible, you'll find out here in verse 54 and 55, he says that Peter stood afar off. When Jesus was being led away, the Bible says everyone forsook him, and, but Peter, uh, he stood at a distance. The Bible says he followed afar off. In other words, he was still keeping Jesus there, and he was kind of, but he didn't want anybody to know that he was following. He didn't want anybody to know that he was still there. The Bible says that he kept a safe distance. He stood afar off. You know, I believe that this represents a few Christians that I've met over my short lifetime. Amen. Christians that stand afar off. They, they worship from a distance. They stand. One translation says he stood at the door, but he wouldn't go in. 
And there's a lot of Christians that kind of stand afar off. And how many know that's not good in our lives? If we're going to confess that Jesus is Lord, we've got to be willing to go with Him through anything in our lives. Come on. Jesus said even, even death itself. And we read that scripture a few uh, months ago when we talked about telling your story and your testimony that they love not their lives even unto death. Amen. How many know God's looking for full commitment? Amen. And it's one thing to confess Him, but how many know God's going to challenge you on that? God's going to put that to the test and see if you really will say what you believe. And Peter stood afar off. He stood at a distance. And I know a lot of Christians that kind of stand at a distance. They're just there, but they're really not there. They're, they're kind of not engaged. They're really not with Jesus. They're kind of along with everyone else. But how many know God doesn't want you to stand at a distance? He wants you to follow Jesus closely. The other mistake that I see that Peter made before he denied Jesus is the Bible makes it clear that they started a fire in the hall. This was in the springtime, so it was cold at night. And so they started a fire, and the Bible says he sat down with them. He sat down and warmed himself by the fire. Psalms 1 teaches us that we should not sit down in the seat of the scornful. We should not sit down with people because what happens is, is that he, he kept hidden when, he's, when, he, when he was seated. He was hidden. People couldn't recognize him. They didn't know who he was. Then he, he made himself comfortable by the fire. He warmed himself by the fire. But the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things in the world. Amen. We're not to warm ourselves in the culture. Amen. We're not to get comfortable in this culture because we're not a part of this culture. We're part of another culture. We're part of the kingdom of God. Amen. The Bible says that we are not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. He sat down with them. He got comfortable with them. But really what happened was, is Peter sat down so he wouldn't be recognized as a follower of Jesus Christ. How many know there's a principle here that when you sit down, you blend in. But when you stand up, you stand out. And it's very uncomfortable to stand up. It's very uncomfortable to stand out because you don't want to be hated. You don't want to be judged. You want to be labeled as one that is, come on, like Jesus. He don't want to be labeled with Jesus. How I many you know that's a powerful thing to sit down? I don't think that we should be sitting down in our generation. I think we should be standing up. Amen? Come on, somebody. I think we need to be standing up. And the Bible says that he sat down and he warmed himself and he got comfortable with the culture and he wanted to hide himself in the culture. But you know what? If you're part of Jesus Christ, you're never really going to fit in. In one sense. Come on, somebody. Amen. You're not really going to fit in. You're always going to be different. You're always going to have a different story. You're always going to have a different way you talk and a different look about you. Come on. Amen. How many know like in the Old Testament with Moses, you just can't hide the glory of God? If it's really in your life and fire of God's burning and your love with Jesus Christ, I don't, I don't know how you're going to hide it much. Amen. Amen? You're not going to get comfortable. And so he sat down and he stood at a distance and he sat down and all of a sudden we see that they, something happened in Peter's life. The Bible says in verse 56 that he began to deny Jesus. In fact, this is how he did it. In verse 56, one of the, the women recognized and says he was with Jesus. This guy was with Jesus, and what did he say? He said, I don't even know him. I don't know him. You're lying. You don't know what you're talking about. And then in verse 58, someone else said, yeah, he's one of them. He's one of them. Yeah, he's one of the disciples. And then he said, I'm not with them. I'm not one of them. I'm, I'm not with him. 
I don't know him. I'm not with him. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. And then the verse 59 said, you know what? He's a Galilean because his speech betrays him. No, I don't know what part of Israel, you know, Galilee they talked like when they were there. But I don't know if he said crick instead of creek. But his speech gave him up. Come on, some old coming township people. Amen. Amen. But his speech betrayed him. And they said, yeah, you're a Galilean, so you've got to be one of those. And he said, I'm not a disciple. I'm just not a disciple. I don't know him. I don't, I'm not a part of it. I'm not with them. I'm not a disciple. And the Bible says as soon as he denied Jesus the third time, a rooster crowed. And Jesus looked. So at some point... Peter was on the outside, he was on the porch and he could look in the window in the living room there because it was Caiaphas' house, the high priest's house, and he could see Jesus and Jesus heard the rooster crow and Jesus knew exactly where Peter was standing on that porch. The Bible says he looked and he turned and when Peter met Jesus' eyes, he remembered the prophecy that Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times tonight. And the Bible says he went out and wept bitterly. He knew what he'd done. But here's a man that had just confessed Jesus Christ a couple weeks before that. He just said that you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. I'm confident of it. I'm sure of it. I will even die with you. I will never deny you. And yet here he did it three times. And he denied Jesus. And you know, the Bible says that he, even one place that says he cursed. He absolutely was just angry and he cursed and he he got so upset and the Bible says that he went out and he, he didn't just cry. He didn't just feel bad, but the Bible says he wept bitterly. I mean, he was sobbing because I believe he saw those eyes of Jesus. See him look right through him and he knew exactly what he had done. I'm the one that confessed Jesus. Now I'm denying Jesus. I was the one, the disciple that made such a big deal and I felt so good about it. And now I feel so bad about myself and I can't believe I just did that. I denied the Son of God. But how many know that there's redemption through Jesus Christ? That, that moment in Peter's life, it did not last. It did not, uh, that pain of that denial did not last Because Jesus forgave him and restored him. How do I know that? Because after the resurrection, the Bible says that they were having lunch. Amen. They're having fish tacos there. And and, uh, it's one of my favorites. And so it's fish tacos. And they were having, and Jesus said to Peter three times, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know I love you. I do love you. I do love you. And you know, the whole time, I think Peter knows what Jesus is getting at. He knows where he's going with this thing. He knows he can't get away from it. I'm the one that denied the Son of God. Here he came and drew himself close to me. Aren't you glad that Jesus draws draws himself close to us even when we deny him? Come on, somebody. Is that your story? Amen. It's part of your story. Amen. But I love this because he said this. He said, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And and three times he asked Jesus, but aren't you, aren't you glad that three times, every time Peter said, Lord, I love you, he, he covered up that denial. He, he was, you know, come on, he was forgiven of that denial. He was restored that denial. Three times he said, I love you. And how many know three times Jesus forgave him? Amen. Every time he said, I don't know him, I don't want to be with him, Jesus forgave him. Amen. Every single sin was covered up. Every sin of, of, of bit of brokenness in Peter's life, amen, at that point, was healed. And he was forgiven of that. Aren't you glad for the redemption of Jesus Christ? Amen. And so here we are, six weeks later, amen, we pick up the story in the book of Acts. 
And one more time, Peter had one more opportunity to confess Jesus as Lord. And the Bible says that he was filled with the Holy Ghost and he was filled with boldness. And you know what he said in himself? I'm not going to let this opportunity go by. I've let too many opportunities go by. I, I made some big mistakes in my life. But you know what? It's not worth it. Amen. It's not worth it to be silent. It's not worth it to be quiet. Amen. It hurts when you're quiet. Come on. It hurts other people when you're silent. Amen. It doesn't just hurt you. It hurts other people. Amen. And, people, and Peter knew this and... So here he is six weeks later, and all of a sudden, these people are starting to ask these questions, and, and the Holy Ghost is poured out, and Peter's standing there, and I believe that he's, he's there and the other disciples, and, and I believe a fire started burning. Amen. How many know he sat down beside one fire, but another fire started to burn? Amen. And the Bible says that he was ignited with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. And so the Bible says that, and people were asking these questions, and all these people started, it was confusion going on. And the Bible says in verse 14 of Acts 2 that Peter stood up. Amen. Aren't you glad that, amen, there was a time in Peter's life that he sat down? But, I mean, there's a new day in Peter's life. There's a new time. There's a new season. There's a new opportunity. Amen. God's opening new doors. God's giving you another chance. Amen. God's, amen, beginning to open something brand new in your, amen, in your world. And, and, and for some of you, amen, you might have messed up, amen, and you've kind of denied some things and you messed up. But how many know there's another opportunity on the way? Amen. And God's giving Peter another opportunity. And the Bible says in Acts 2 that Peter stood up and he began to say, let me tell you something, listen to what I'm about to say now. I didn't want, to hear, I didn't want you to hear what I said in the courtyard, but you've got to hear what I've got to say right now. Amen. And he began to preach, and the Bible says that the Holy Ghost was on him, and he began to preach about Jesus being crucified, Jesus being the risen Lord, Jesus being the King that David talked about, Jesus being the Savior for the Jews. You read it. It's awesome. He began to preach with a new fervency because he was forgiven. He began to preach with a new enthusiasm, amen, because the Holy Ghost was on him. He began to, amen, have a new confidence because he knew that, amen, that the person that he denied had loved him through that, amen, had forgiven him and restored him, redeemed him. Amen, and I beloved that. And so how many believe it's time to stand up, amen? One of the things I want to bring out about this account in Acts chapter 2 is the Bible says in verse 12, when the Holy Ghost came and, and people were speaking under the languages and, and there was, it was really a great joy, but it was also a great confusion. In verse 12 it says, And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What does this mean? What means that? What meaneth this? What is this all about? But then there's others that mocking and said, These men are full of new wine. And so what was happening is people were saying, what does this mean? And other people were saying, this is all it is. It's nothing more than just, you know, just kind of charismatic, you know, exercise. It's nothing more than emotionalism. It's nothing more than just kind of uh, over, overly spiritual people acting out, you know, trying to, you know, kind of do this thing. How many know there's two voices in America? Come on, there's two voices that you're going to hear, amen, that we hear all the time. I believe there's a voice of those who wonder, what does this mean? Never before have we ever been challenged and faced with people who are so confused on what's going on right now. There's so many people that are afraid, they don't know where to turn to, they don't know what's going on. There's so many people that are absolutely confused. They're trying to follow this voice. They're trying to follow that voice. They don't know what's truth anymore. They don't know what's, come on, they don't know what's right side up anymore. How many know there's people like that in your life? I mean, you just met them, you talked to them. They don't know what's going on. 
They, they don't understand. They don't get it anymore. I've lost uh, touch with life. It's almost like I just don't even know what's going on anymore. I don't know who to turn to. I don't know who to talk to. I don't know who to believe. I don't know what is this all about? What does this mean? And how many know they're just lost? People are just lost. They're lost in all this, uh, you know, things that are going on. They're, they're absolutely lost in it. But, you know, there's also another voice in America, and it's a voice of the rebellious. There's a voice that's against the Lord, that don't love the truth. They purposely are trying to push Jesus away. They're trying to push Christianity and they will persecute us. Come on, somebody. And they're saying, you know what? They're mocking and they're saying this is all that is. It's nothing more than a hoax. It's nothing more than a, just a, a religion. It's nothing more than just a bunch of religious, overly zealous people. Amen. Just trying to create another political view. How many know? Amen. There's two voices today in America. But you know, like Daniel, we've got to bring the interpretation to what people don't understand. How many know we've got the interpretation of what life is all about? The interpretation is that God so loved the world. The interpretation that in the beginning God created. The interpretation is that we were made in the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. Come on somebody, amen. Of God himself. And so I believe that just like Daniel and just like uh, Peter here, that we are to, we're to explain, we're to answer. The Bible says in 1 Peter that we are to give an answer to anyone that asks of the hope that lies within us. How many know we are to give answers today? Come on, we're not to fight. We're not to, we're not to get on some political party, some kick. We're not to get on some, you know, oh, this is my cause. No, we're to give an answer from the Word of God. We're to give an answer, a clear answer from truth to people that are looking for truth. Come on, amen? Because there's two voices that are saying, look, you know, this, I don't know what's going on. And then there's someone else saying, this is all it is. This is all it is. But how many know Peter stood up and he declared, he said, this is what this is all about. When Peter stood up, he said, let me, let me get you the story straight. Let me tell you what this is all about. This is what it is all about. And I believe today that we, we are filled with people that are just over-opinionated, angry, frustrated. But I believe that there needs a voice that comes from the church that tells people this is what it's all about. Come on, somebody. I mean, and to stand up for truth, to stand up for righteousness and say, this is what this means. This is what this is really about. This is what's really going on. This is where we're headed. Come on, amen. And so as Peter stood up, I want to encourage you today, it's time to stand up, amen. People ask questions and we answer. We don't apologize for being a Christian. Come on, we don't deny it. We don't put it, put it aside and try to hide from something. We're right out there. We stand up for the truth. Anybody listening, amen. We stand up and declare the truth. And the Bible says that we need to speak the truth in love. Amen? How many know Peter wasn't arguing with people? He wasn't debating with people. He said, look, I'm just going to tell you this is what this is all about. This is what this all means right here. And you can hate all you want or you can love all you want. But one way or the other, I'm standing up for what's right. I'm standing up for Jesus. I'm making a bold declaration. Peter stood up one more time. Amen? I want to encourage you, you've got to stand up. The Bible makes it clear in Mark 8, 38, that whoever shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of whom also the Son of Man shall be ashamed when He comes in the glory of His Father with His holy angels. In that word there, adulterous, means the spiritual condition. And sinful generation is the natural condition. It doesn't matter where you find yourself. You know, Jesus even said that I'm going to put you like sheep in the middle of of wolves in the midst of wolves how many know God doesn't call us to be off to the side somewhere we're right in the mix amen Christians are to be right in the mix amen 
declaring truth, showing the love of God, being a grace-filled community. Come on, somebody. Amen. Showing the power of God through signs and wonders right in the middle of this generation. In Philippians chapter 2, it says that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Amen. And so the Bible makes it clear that we're not off to the side somewhere. We're not to be following afar off. We're not to be kind of just, just whispering the truth. We're to be declaring the truth. We're to, be, we're to be really heralding the truth, amen, and love and so much compassion behind it because we know that we have, amen, God on our side, amen. We know that we have the redemption, amen, story in our lives. But more than that, I feel like there, there's, there's something else that Peter realized that time is short and this was the opportunity. This was it. This was what God said that was going to happen and Peter realized it. Peter stood up and he said, listen, I'm not going to waste my time anymore. I'm not going to waste my days. I'm not going to spend my time just doing the Christian things. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to get to the mission. See, this was it all about. It wasn't that Peter needed to feel good about himself. It wasn't that he needed, you know, he was broken and he needed repaired. Yes, he was. But the fact was, the truth was, is that Peter needed to get busy about the mission. And Peter needed some strength in his life. He needed boldness, but he also needed a strength. And how many know sometimes you don't get strength until you realize weakness? Amen. Come on. You don't know what true joy is until you know depression. You don't know true victory until you know true battles. Amen. Until you've been in a fight, then you realize what true victory is all about. Amen. True freedom comes from people that realize what true bondage was all about. They remember, amen, the bondage, and so now they can really celebrate freedom. Amen. And so that's what Peter's message was all about. It was about the mission of Jesus Christ. And he realized it wasn't just the work that Jesus did in his life, but it was what God had intended for his generation. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Now, let me just throw this out because we talk about this a lot. And I preached really uh, a lot about this when I was in youth ministry about sitting down with the world and being friends with the world. And the Bible tells don't be a part of this world and don't be. But how many know God loves people? What he's talking about when he says, be not conformed to this world, love not this world, he's talking about the systems of this world. He's not talking about reject the people of this world. Because God would contradict himself if, if that was the case. Come on. Come on, somebody. Amen. Jesus didn't hang out with just religious people in the synagogues. He was after people. He was after people, but he wasn't ashamed of the gospel. He wasn't afraid of God being his father. He wasn't afraid to say that he was the Messiah. Come on, somebody. Amen. There was a boldness there. So we can't get mixed up and, real, and say, well, I, I can't, you know, Brother Matt, you told me to love my neighbors in the spring, and now you're telling me, I, no, no, it's the same principle. We've got to be, come on, we've got to be a grace-filled community, building relationships with our neighbors so we can tell them about Jesus. Come on, somebody. Praying for our neighbors, loving them, serving our community like never before, but not being mixed up in this culture. Why? Because we've got another culture on the inside. How many know there's a culture of freedom on the inside? There's a culture of hope on the inside. There's a culture of true love and identity on the inside. Amen. We're not confused about who we are, right? Amen. When you meet Jesus Christ, everything comes back in order. And so that's what we're trying to promote. But let me just end with this. And that is this. In verse 14, here's a key to standing up in our generation. And that is this. The Bible says that Peter standing up with the eleven with the 11. If we're going to really declare the gospel, we're really going to do what God wants us to do in this hour, we've got to do it together. 
Can anybody say amen? Come on, gone are the days of the Moses mentality of the one-man show of just, just kind of a celebrity ministry. It's body ministry. We're the body of Christ. We're the family of God. We're the church of the living God. Come on, somebody. Amen. And it's going to be through, amen, the church. How many know it's easier to witness when you're friends and other people? It's difficult when you're by yourself. But God doesn't call you to be by yourself. God wants you to, Jesus sent them out by twos. Come on. And we see that in the book of Acts. They went out by twos and threes and began to witness and publish the gospel. I'm going to tell you something. What we're doing in this church, in the Door Fellowship, we're doing it not alone. Nobody called. You're not telling you to go do it by yourself. We're doing life together. Amen. We're winning our city together as a community. Together. Amen. Aren't you glad? That's why God's blessed us with the Outreach Center. Because it's the whole church going to reach the whole family. Every joint is going to supply. Everybody's going to matter. Come on, everybody's going to have a part in it. That's why God has put you with the church. God's put you with other people. You can't do it alone. Come on, somebody. Well, I don't need church. I can just stay home and do online church. Amen. Well, good luck with that. Because in heaven, there's no online heaven. There's no online services in heaven. Amen? And thank God for online. I know it's necessary, but you know what I'm saying. Amen? How many believe that we're going to do it together? We've got to do it together. And it's not just the Door Fellowship together. It's other churches together. It's other believers together. It's other people for together. We're the body of Christ. We're members of one another. We're going to do this together. You know, it's so much easier to do something with somebody else. I mean, no, it's better to get in trouble with somebody else, too. Amen. Come on. It's better to do it together. It's better to do life together. And you know, you might come to church and just say, you know, I'm just doing my thing, and, and, and this is just what I need to do, get my religion on each week. But God didn't call you just to come to church, do your thing, and leave, and go live your life. We're supposed to live life together. You need people in this room. People in this room need you. Amen. And every, every week, God can put something in your heart for somebody in this room. Amen. Every week, God can put something in your spirit, a word of encouragement, a word of strength for somebody in this room. Do you believe that? Amen. And so I want to encourage you. We have connect groups and we have life groups we're going to do in the fall. But how many know it's much more than that? Man, we, we share a fellowship together. And listen, we've got to do the mission together. You encourage me to do the mission. I need to encourage you to do the mission. We've got to do the mission together. It's so much easier to do it together. You know, recently I have been kind of, I've been riding kind of road bike a little bit this last year, and, and, um, and uh, it, it's just been interesting, and I've been doing it by myself, and, you know, just, you know it, it's, it's good. It's really a good thing to do it by yourself, but, you know, I've, the last couple of weeks, I've actually joined some riding groups and some other guys, and I've actually seen uh, one, one of the groups, it was a guy that used to come to our church years ago, and we, we rode together the whole time and talked. It was great, and so, you know, I, I realized that in this group last week, if, if you see me, I, I'm, the, I'm like the nerd with a smile on my face, right? Because I'm like so excited to be in this group. I'm like so excited to ride with all these other guys and, and women, and they're just like way better than me, but I'm excited. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm dying on these hills. 50 comes out, you know, it's just like, you know, it's like, I'm, why did I do this? This is insane. I'm going to walk my bike. It's like, you know, and, and uh, why didn't I call an Uber? And so, you know, all those things go through your mind and, and everything. But, I, you know, one of the things that you do in, in, in biking especially and running and other things, but one of the things you can do is you can draft. It's so cool. So I started riding with this guy that he was a triathlon years ago and he's getting back into biking and stuff. And uh, I found that when I get right close behind this guy, I don't really have to pedal that much. 
It's cool. It's really cool. And then he looks back at me, and I want to make sure I'm like looking all intense, like I'm really working hard, but I'm drafting on him because he's doing a lot of work for me. Come on, amen. How many know in the body of Christ, we need one another? It's easier to do it in a group. It's better to do it in a group. And so Peter stood up with the 11, and, and he realized that his strength, when he was denying Jesus, he was alone. But when he stood up, he was with other people. And I'm going to tell you something. God hasn't called you to be alone. He's called you to stand up in this generation with other believers. Amen. How many believe it's time to stand up for Christ? Can we stand on our feet today? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I just want to read real quick in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. It's, a, it's an awesome, awesome event that happened. And just the birthing of the church is so amazing. But you know, in verse 14, we read and from 14 to verse 38. He's, he's going through and he's speaking directly to Jews. And he's talking about the history. And he goes through and he's explaining the gospel the way they under, understand. And he's going in and he's talking about this. But let me just read to you what happened when Peter stood up. After Peter stood up and he began to preach. You know, you know something happened when, when Peter sat down. When Peter denied Jesus, I believe the other disciples were affected. There was something that went through the, the course of, of Peter's life and everything. It it devastated him. The Bible says he wept bitterly. I believe that he carried that until Jesus forgave him. He just carried that, that guilt. He carried that shame. But something happened when Peter stood up. And in verse 38, the Bible says, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and your children and to those that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself from this generation. And when they gladly received Peter's word, they were baptized. And the same day were added to the church 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread. And the Bible says that every day after that, the Lord added to the church because Peter stood up. People got healed when Peter stood up. People got baptized and came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ that He's the Lord that He's the Redeemer, He's their Savior. People were healed and delivered. People received the Holy Spirit. Come on, when Peter stood up. I believe there's people at your work. I believe there's people in your family that have questions about the Holy Ghost. They have questions about Jesus. They have questions about life. And when you stand up, come on, things begin to happen. A revival took place when Peter stood up. I don't think he expected it. I think he was just taking the opportunity to declare Jesus as Lord. He didn't expect what was going to happen. But how many know we can expect from this story on, from this moment on, from this day on, that when we stand up, something's going to happen. Amen. Something's going to happen in our city. Something's going to happen in our family. Something's going to happen. I'm not talking about fighting with people and being intimidating. I'm talking about standing up for truth, standing up in love and service to other people. And when they really hear and see, wow, this is what it's all about. I believe something's going to happen in their life. How many trust and lift your hand to heaven and say, I'm trusting and believing the Lord, the people in my life. Amen. As I stand up for righteousness, if I stand up for justice and truth, amen, people are going to be impacted and affected for eternity. 
Amen. Lord, we just thank you for your word today. I thank you, Lord, that, Lord, some of us in this room were like Peter. We actually sat in a place of denial at one time in our life. But, Lord, we don't want to get comfortable we, and with the culture. We don't want to get comfortable by the fire of the culture that's going on right now. We don't want to become hidden in the culture, Lord, and, and, and just kind of sit around with everybody else, Lord, and do what everybody else is doing. Say what everybody else is saying, Lord. We want to stand up and declare the truth, Lord, because lives are on the line. Eternity on the line. Lord, there's too much going on, too much at stake for us to be quiet today. Too much at stake for people just to just to see that we're just somebody else that's quiet, Lord. I pray, Lord, you would give us that opportunity this week. Lord, give us as Paul prayed in the future. This is what he asked the church to pray for him. He said, pray for doors of opportunity because he knew what opportunity was all about. Lord, and I pray for opportunity this week that we can open our mouths and we can declare and tell our story and deliver truth, Lord, today to those who need to hear it. We know there's voices that are mocking. We know there's a vo- opposition. We know there's voices, but Lord, you've called us with boldness. You've given us the Holy Ghost, Lord. You've empowered us. You've strengthened us with your word and with boldness through the Holy Spirit. Help us not be afraid of that time. Help us not draw back at that time and, and wither and hide, but Lord, help us move in love and grace, the same grace that you showed Peter and showed us. We want to show to other people who have questions, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you're doing a work that we can't see in our city, in our nation, but we believe you're doing something amazing. We know you're doing something amazing at my work, and, and Lord, in my family, we know you're doing something awesome. I want, to, I want to be part of, Lord, you doing something eternal and amazing in my family, Lord. I thank you for that, Lord. Help me. Lord, every area of my life that is fearful, every area of my life that, Lord, that I draw back in, that I'm intimidated, I I struggle, Lord, in in these areas, Lord, I pray that you would give me the boldness of a lion. Give me the boldness of Jesus. Let it come on me, the same boldness that was on Peter, Lord. Lord, I want to move in that boldness, Lord, that people would hear, be delivered, and set free. And many, many, many people will come to Jesus Christ. I thank you for it. I give you all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.